0: Our scripture reading this morning comes from Genesis chapter 37, verses 1 through 4. It goes like this. This is the story of the family of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, was shepherding the flock with his brothers. He was a helper to the sons of Bilhah and Zilpah, his father's wives, and Joseph brought a bad report of them to their father. Now Israel loved Joseph more than any other of his children, because he was the son of his old age, and he had made him a long robe with many colors. But when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peaceably to him. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Everyone knows about Joseph's coat. There's a game of Pin the Coat on Joseph that our children's ministry played upstairs. Some of the colors missed. There's a Broadway musical about his Technicolor dream coat. Whenever someone has painted or drawn Joseph, he's there with his coat of many colors, which is maybe a little weird, because besides this story, the only other time his coat shows up in Joseph's life, his brothers have stolen it, They've ripped it apart, they've covered it in animal blood to convince their father that Joseph is dead. And all of this happens in the first chapter of Joseph's life. The coat is gone. After that, Joseph goes on to be a governor, a dream interpreter. He saves Egypt from a famine. He becomes the second most powerful person in the world, the vice pharaoh. And the rest of his life is sort of a big deal. But the pictures are always of him as a kid in that coat. Maybe it fits, though. Because childhood wounds last a lifetime. Joseph will always be the kid in the coat. It wasn't a coat for working in. You don't wear the ancient Middle Eastern equivalent of a tux to clean up after the cows. The point of the coat, the whole point, is that it's special. More to the point, it marks Joseph as being special. He's daddy's favorite. The coat is a sign that he's special which is why he loves to wear that coat. He was brother number 11 out of 12. He has 10 brothers who are older, more mature, better at fighting, better at shepherding sheep, better at hunting animals. He won't be the first of anything. They will be married first. They will have kids first. They will move out of their parents' tent first. He doesn't even get the nostalgia of being last because he has a younger brother. This kid is 0% special. He's just a face in the crowd. He has middle child syndrome times 10. So he wears that coat all the time because it's a sign that he's special. He's Daddy's favorite. And maybe it's why we always see Joseph in that coat because who doesn't love being special? We get that. And being 0% special, that's terrible. So the story of Joseph and his coat becomes about how we are all special You are special. I am special. We all matter because we are all special. What makes you special? What makes you special? How do you even answer that question? Really, what the question means is what sets you apart from the people around you. If I say you matter because you're special, I'm saying you matter because you're different. But special is dangerous. Joseph is desperate to be special, and he even manages to succeed. He has his coat with all the colors, and then he gets this dream from God, and he's going to be more special, or the most importantist, the biggest deal, 11th brother on the block. So he runs to tell all his brothers, because, listen, if the reason you matter is because you're special, then you need to be special. You need to stand out. If you're special, you matter also means if you're not special. You don't matter. He's brother number 11. His family doesn't need him. His brothers don't need him. He doesn't stand out except his coat and then his dream. So he wears that coat to bed and he talks about that dream until his mouth aches. But the irony of being special is really sad. Joseph so desperately wants to be special. Why? Why does someone want to be special? Special means you matter. Whenever Joseph has a dream, you can look at it. He doesn't run to tell his dad. He doesn't run to tell his mom. They already love him. He tells his brothers. The whole reason Joseph wants to be special is so his brothers will notice. So his brothers will love him. He wants to be special because he wants to matter to his brothers. He succeeds in being special. And learns too late that what makes him special makes his brothers hate him. They wanted to be special too. Which is why we're talking about special today. I was helping with this youth group and there was a young man and I'd been asked to keep an eye on him. Partially he needed help and partially he caused trouble. And it's often those two go together, isn't it? He so desperately wanted to be noticed that he'd dress weird, he'd be awkward, he'd try to be funny, it wouldn't work, so he would just be really loud. Because being special meant you matter. So you need to do something to be special. Maybe you get straight A's, maybe you take your team... To state, Maybe you decide to shave your head and cuss in public, or whenever you play sports, you try and humiliate the people around you, or you listen to music that other people don't approve of, and when they stare at you, you turn it up really loud. Maybe you tell stories that let people know you just really don't care, or you look up words in the dictionary that other people won't know, so you'll stand out as being smart. Maybe you make excuses to talk about your politics to a group that will disagree, not because you want to engage in dialogue, So they'll know you're different, enlightened, you are special. Because special means you matter. But it only counts if other people know. So Joseph wears that coat to bed and he runs to tell his brothers that God says he'll be a big deal because Joseph wants to be special and to be special he has to stand out from his brothers. His path to being special meant trampling his brother's pride. Trampling their dreams, he gets to be special. He gets to be special. It costs him his family. But he's special. It's a human temptation, and modern technology, honestly, has only made it harder. Did you know that scrolling your Facebook feed, just looking at what other people are doing, their pictures, positively correlates to depression, anxiety, and insecurity? The longer you do it, the worse the symptoms get. The reason isn't complicated. Think about what you do. You log on and start scrolling past pictures and stories and whatever of people in their coat of many colors. Because people don't post their ugly coat on Facebook. You go on Facebook and realize that there are beautiful people and they're having wonderful vacations and there are happy families and they're accomplishing amazing things and getting awards and accolades and married and kids and promoted and you scroll and realize you aren't especially special. So Facebook and Twitter and Instagram are part of the problem, but they have to be part of the answer as well. Well, all those pictures might say that I'm not actually that beautiful, but I can take a picture at just the right angle, which proves that I am. And so you'll see young girls and boys taking a hundred selfies until they get the one that proves they look just right and they post it. And you can ask, often if it doesn't get enough likes, they take it down. Not special. Try again. But that's nothing new. Don't point the finger too quick. Joseph wore his coat of many colors all the time. Not the one that's covered in dirt from the field with rips and twigs. And since forever, we know this is true, people pick and choose the stories about their lives that they tell. Tell stories about their successful children. Show off the best part of the house. Tell a story that shows how humble you are, how grateful, how blessed, how special Let me just ask, why do you think so many of us are so obsessed with being special? Honestly, we all have a bit of it in us, right? It can be a good thing and not. Micah's dad works with the missions program for our denomination. And because of that, he does a ton of traveling. And he spends a lot of time in other countries, gets to see how they live. He lives in their houses with them, sees how they operate, what their faith looks like. And one of the things he's realized is that different cultures have different gifts. In Latin America, it's it's passion. They are passionate. If you're going to worship, why not sing songs for 45 minutes? And while you're doing it, why not sway? And if you're going to sway, you might as well clap and throw your hands in the air. And if there's a sermon, why not preach for an hour? And why not shout while you're doing it? And if you're going to pray, you might as well cry. Cry out from your gut. They're passionate. When he goes to Asia, he always sleeps extra in advance because they will wake up at 5 a.m. to pray on hands and knees for an hour. Not because he's there, not because they're showing off, because they think it's their duty. It's what they're supposed to do. So they do it. He loves his missionaries from Asia because they'll work for so little, exhausting hours, and they'll never complain. It's their duty. It's their cultural gift. Every culture has this cultural gift and a cultural sin. Passionate leads to impulsive. Try being on time in Latin America. Good luck. Duty can mean not questioning authority. It can mean you're too rigid. We, here have historically been a society of achievers. It's our cultural gift. Let's go to the moon. No, let's just go there and be first. Let's build the world's largest army and the most advanced one. Let's be the best at everything. We achieve. It's our cultural gift. But then our sin is needing to be special. To have achieved. If you have a culture of achievers... What makes you stand out? What have you achieved? What makes you special? What's your coat of many colors? It's the American question. You want to know the result? I'll tell you. A society built around that leads to a collapse of friendship. Because if you need to be special, everyone around you is competition. Sure, maybe they're family, sure they're friends, but they're also competition. Which of you will stand out? Which of you is special? In the quest to be special, it becomes easy to focus on building this outside, this appearance. Wear that coat of colors. Tell people about your dreams. Only post the picture where you look beautiful. Only tell the stories about your success. Assure others that absolutely, positively, you are most definitely special assure others of it. Wear that coat of colors until it's a cliche, until the play about your life isn't called Joseph. It's called Joseph and the Technicolor Dream Coat. You'll find that people don't love you, though. They love your coat, and like Joseph, you'll never be able to take it off because they don't love you. They love your coat. His story seems absurd. It's so full of betrayal, full of hatred, of jealousy, full of family drama. And at first glance, you read it and think, wow, what a crazy story. So much drama. I'm so glad I'm nowhere near a family like that. And then maybe you think about it for just a second longer and realize it's not so obscure. What leads parents to shove children into beauty contests and sports at four years old? Sometimes it's to learn about teamwork or to have fun. Other times that kid is forced to live out a parent's need to be special. Or, or because that kid needs to have something that makes them special, so we got to start finding that thing now. Siblings compete to be favored by parents or teachers. I've been assured that most women who go to a public event don't dress up nicely for their spouse. They dress up for other women because it's a competition. Who is special? Men carry around books and many papers to a business meeting. Do they know what those papers are for? No, and it doesn't matter. It's about looking like the smartest man in the room. You got to be special. Drama. So much common family drama from this need to be special. And somehow the church has decided that the issue is people don't feel special enough. And that we have the best claim on the line you are special. So we say you are special in God's name and in all caps. So special that he died for you, just for you. And we get to say that you are the most specialist and to say it the loudest. But that's a lie.
1: The Bible never
0: says God died just for you. It doesn't. It says, for God so loved the world... And it never says that God gives us gifts to be special. The Bible says God gives us gifts for the good of our community. Listen, Joseph is going to achieve things with his life. God has decided it's going to happen. God decided he will achieve. So clearly, achieving isn't the problem. I'm not telling you don't achieve. If you have gifts, you are supposed to achieve with them. The problem is we get so fixated on how what we're achieving lifts us up above others, above our brothers. How we're special. Joseph is not special. God didn't do amazing things through Joseph because he's special. God sees that this famine is coming, this is what happens. He sees a famine is coming. It's going to hit Egypt for seven years. Seven years of drought. People will be starving. They'll go to war over food. The powerful will kill the weak for a loaf of bread. So God sees this and he sends Joseph because he doesn't want all of Egypt to starve. And somehow we can look at this and think, oh, I hope I can be as special as Joseph. We take this thing that God is doing to save a nation and we make it about how special Joseph was. Why do we do that? One of the privileges I have in this church is to work with the children and youth. And I will tell you, they're amazing. Both my wife and I feel outrageously blessed to walk with them on their journey of faith. And you as a church should be proud of them. But you should know we will not tell them they're special, we will tell them that they are loved absolutely unconditionally by God, that they're loved by you, they're loved by us. We will tell them that God has a plan for their life to prosper them, that God has given them gifts, important gifts, that their sins are forgiven. We will tell them the gospel, but we will not tell them they're special because they don't need a coat of many colors. They need God. Joseph's coat isn't the point. He's not that special. Joseph manages to rip his family apart. God gives him the interpretation of a dream. Does that make him special? Is that the point? For some, for some it is. Are you special? My fear is that they will spend their lives with people loving their coats. For Christians, the point is that God so loves the world that he will send Joseph to send a nation that doesn't even believe in him. When you come here, you're not special. Special is standing out and think about the company you're keeping. When you come here, you're standing in the same room with the one who created the world, who gave you your gifts, created your family, sent, you, sent his son to be killed by the ones he came to save, forgave them in the middle of his agony, forgave the sins of the entire world by giving up his life. When you're standing next to that guy, you're not special. Here, you're not special. Christians don't get to be special. That's God's alone. We get to be loved absolutely unconditionally, without reserve. We get to be a part of God's plan to save the entire world, to save this world from the famines of today. God was going to use Joseph to save Egypt no matter what. Joseph made that about him. His dad gave him a coat. Joseph refused to take it off. Joseph lost his family for 30 years. Special. If you want your coat of many colors, listen, we can't take it from you. (laughs) But I think you'll find that coat becomes a prison you can't take off. Because people love the coat. And they won't see you. But when you're here, check the coat at the door. The point of church is that here we're not special. Here, your accomplishments don't matter. Our preaching doesn't matter. The skill of the choir doesn't matter. The beauty of the building doesn't matter, except that they proclaim God really is actually that special. It'd be easier if we got to compliment each other's coats. It would be. But that's not our God. He takes our coats, gives us a cross, and says, follow me. Because God so loved the world that he sent Joseph to save a nation that didn't even believe in him. And God so loves the world that you are a part of his plan to save the world from the famines of today. God takes our coats and gives us a cross and says, follow me. Will you pray with me? Lord, this morning we confess our desire to be special, to stand out, to be validated by how others perceive us. We also confess, God, that standing next to you, we are not especially special. So we give you our coats and are amazed that you love us just as we are. Lord, let this be a place that is not built around coats of many colors, but that you so loved the world. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.